I'd been making some uh, television. Uh, I'd done four um, miniseries, uh, and um, and I got sent the script for Pride and Prejudice. I thought that's not really for me. I make um, gritty British realist drama. It didn't immediately jump out as something I wanted to do, um, uh, but to be frank, I needed a job. Um, so uh, I read the script and was surprised by my reaction to it. Um, I kind of, uh, I thought it was beautiful. And, um, and I was really engaged by the character of Elizabeth Bennet, her youth and vitality and, uh, and her kind of anti-establishment um, uh, perspective on the um, institution of marriage. Um, so I found, her, I found her to be really interesting. I also felt that what little I knew of Austen adaptations previously, um, they had, they'd always kind of cast older people uh, to play um, these characters. And, uh, and for me, Elizabeth was, was 18 and falling in love for the first time, and so therefore should be cast as someone of that age. Um, and, and, and that would give it a kind of youthful um, exuberance. Um, Jane Austen was 21 when she wrote the book, um, uh, or the first draft of the book at least. And, um, and so I wanted to capture that, that energy, um, that energy of someone discovering their talent for the first time. It's important that um, I kind of fall in love with all the characters um, and that I want to express the kind of beauty within them all. And by doing that, the, the, the way one crafts the film uh, comes quite naturally, uh, if that makes any sense. I'm not really a kind of theoretical filmmaker. I, I work very much from the heart. Someone once gave me a really good piece of advice, which was that if there's a script that you feel like you know a secret about, then that's the one you should do. Often I'll read a script and think, this is gonna be great. Uh, um, what a wonderful film. Uh, I would love to see this film. Um, and I know that I would um, uh, do uh, a very similar job directing it as um, 10 other directors. Um, uh, um, so it's important that I feel like I have a, a very specific point of view on it or know a little secret about it. I can't sort of articulate it any better than that. Um, uh, but I also kind of see it in my mind as it, as it happens, you know, um, as I read it. Um, so the first thing I do is, is look for that, really. I kind of did a lot of research, um, read a lot, looked at a lot of paintings and... and thought a lot about what life must have been like back then and just tried to bring some of that grime and, and grit, um, kind of dirty hems um, uh, to, the, to, to the film really. The kind of feminist um, perspective was all really there. It's all there in the book and certainly was there in Deborah Mogok's um, uh, wonderful adaptation. I think when you're adapting a novel, um, uh, the, the, the film kind of, um, there are as many different versions of that adaptation as there are readers. The, the book is something that happens in your mind as you read it. And so it was really just a matter of trying to stay true to, to uh, the book that I read, um, not necessarily the same book that other people uh, have read. It was quite a small crew. I mean, it was a crew of I think about 50 or 60 people 
Um, so it, it, the scale didn't feel that much bigger um, from my last TV job, which was a thing called Charles II for BBC One. Um, so it didn't, the scale wasn't kind of um, particularly alarming. Uh, the only difference really was that one had more time uh, to focus on detail and, um, uh, and, and, and one had a broader canvas really. Um, which were um, wonderful kind of luxuries to me at the time, you know. But it didn't feel of a vastly different scale. Um, and a lot of the people I worked with in the film, especially the um, art department, my designer Sarah Greenwood and I have worked together since our very first uh, TV job. So I had a lot of the same people with me. I think one of the the main ideas that we had for the design of the movie was that, um, that the Bennetts um, lived on a farm um, and, uh, and that they had a very close relationship with nature um, uh, so that we made a very clear conscious decision to find a Bennett house uh, that worked in its entirety um, and uh, somewhere that we could go in and out of rooms and, um, and, and move from the exterior to the interior uh, and see the exterior through all the windows and so on. So that one felt um, that this idea of them living very much within their surroundings, um, uh, not a kind of um, a closed off um, airless sort of environment, which I think sometimes is what happens with, with period adaptations. Um, you lock yourself down sometimes. People can lock themselves down into quite small spaces um, uh, or limited spaces. Dario Marinelli was a new addition to the company and I'd never worked with him before. I admired his work on The Warrior uh, by Asif Kapadia. We worked together quite intensively before we started shooting um, and most of the main themes were were recorded, um, at least in temp version, prior to shooting so that I could play them while we were filming and it created an atmosphere for the actors. Um, uh, obviously there were the dance numbers also that needed to be recorded prior to shooting, so, um, so that had all happened. And that's something that Dario and I still do today. Um, uh, obviously the, the score gets tweaked and, and developed uh, in post-production, but we generally have the main themes uh, there at the, at the start. Everyone kept on calling me a first time filmmaker and I was um, surprised by that because uh, I'd made, you know, 14 hours of television prior to, so I'd already established a kind of working method, if you like, uh, for myself in, in TV and I simply applied that same method to, um, to making the movie. The budget for, for Atonement was pretty much the same as Pride and Prejudice, so there wasn't um, a, a huge kind of jump up in that respect. Um, but I think also working title probably had more confidence in me uh, at that point. Um, and, and so they would allow some certain you know, um, freedom that I might not have gotten quite so much on, on Pride. But I was a lot more specific about how I was shooting and what I was shooting and how it was going to work in the edit uh, when I got to Atonement. I took Keira Knightley 
uh, from uh, Pride and into, into Atonement, and that was um, a, a relationship that continued to develop and, and, uh, uh, and has been um, very, a very rich relationship. Um, acting is not witchcraft. Um, uh, it's a craft um, and uh, it entails in an incredible amount of hard work. Um, and so I only want to work with actors who are, who are willing to uh, put in the hard work. You know, I feel like a, a lot of people, yeah, think that acting is some kind of magic, you know. Um, most of it, 99% of it, is um, uh, quite practical, um, quite logical, um, and, uh, and one can really talk about, just get to grips with it, you know, talk about uh, rhythm. I think a lot about rhythm and, and the musicality of a performance. And then there is a 1% magic, but that magic won't come unless um, all of that hard work has been done um, beforehand. Um, I guess having had some uh, small success with Pride and Prejudice, um, I felt confident, um, more confident in, in my directing choices when going into Atonement. I felt bolder um, and uh, braver, really. And so I applied, you know, a lot of the same um, ideas about working methods, uh, including rehearsals and the importance of rehearsals, uh, creating a kind of company atmosphere. Um, the house at the beginning of Atonement, uh, like the Bennett House, it was a house where uh, one could move in and out um, and around the rooms and had a kind of cohesion. Um, uh, so that was something I took from Pride into, a, into Atonement. But the most important thing was a kind of um, uh, a belief in, uh, and, and, uh, in, in being bold, really. One makes films um, in a little bubble, really. Um, I try not to take too much notice of the outside world. It's really about making the film uh, for myself and, and for um, those I'm working with. And then it suddenly goes out into the world and people um, respond. And I was very surprised by the response, uh, to be honest with you. I, I, um, uh, I, I thought, you know, the film might be seen by a few people and... and um, uh, and I had this idea, someone told me that, that um, only one in ten first-time film directors ever make a second film. Um, and that was going into my head because I needed to make a second film, you know, I, I wanted a long career. Um, uh, and and so, um, so when, when the film uh, received such um, a lovely response um, from audiences and from, from BAFTA, um, it was... Uh, surprising and, and, and uh, fantastic, really. I mean, it's just lovely. It's lovely to be, um, to be um, nominated. Uh, talk about Beyond Your Wildest Dreams. I mean, I suddenly found myself um, to be a fairly bankable film director, which was weird, you know. Oh, God, what do I do with this? Be careful what you wish for.
The thing that I find most interesting about films is, is human interaction. That's why I love drama, you know. It's about how people connect or don't connect, how um, my perception of a situation might be different from your perception. Um, and so uh, making films is an exercise for me in empathy and, and understanding people's points of view, something I'm not particularly good at in real life. Um, so it, it helps um, making films. Tim Bevan, that working title, has had an enormous impact. Um, first of all, because he gave me my first film. Uh, but also, he has an attitude to making films that is very um, can-do. You know, films don't languish in, in development for years. Um, you know, you find the right project, um, you get the right people together, and you, and you, and you put on a show. And that is a, is a very refreshing attitude. Um, you know, you have a, you have a script, um, uh, even if the script is only kind of 80% there, um, you set a start date to start shooting, um, uh, maybe in six or nine months, and then you work to get there. Rather than saying, well, you know, we need to get the script another 20% before we can set a start date, it's easy for things to kind of just run and run like that. Um, so, so just you know, setting deadlines and, and working towards them is, is very useful. My guilty pleasure really is Judd Apatow films. I, I, I love Judd Apatow comedies, um, and so um, and and also um, I love um, Blades of Glory and um, and uh, and films like that. Um, so those films make me laugh out loud. But I think humour is important in all films. Um, I think uh, humour is a part of life, and if therefore uh, a film uh, uh, doesn't have any humour, then it isn't really true to life. Um, I think it's very dangerous to ever take ourselves too, too seriously. I don't necessarily feel like I'm any better um, as a director now um, uh, than I was when I was making Pride. Um, uh, I. Yeah, I don't know that I am any better. I don't know that I've got any advice for myself or anyone else, really. One of the things I tried um, early on in my TV experience was to say thank you uh, before saying anything else. Um, I was very, very um, nervous when I started out, and my nervousness um, expressed itself in, a, in an attempt to kind of control everything. Um, when people came to me with ideas that were different from my own alternative ideas, um, I would um, uh, uh, not be able to listen to them really uh, because I was um, scared of losing control. Um, and my sister, who's a very clever woman, um, said to me, why don't you try saying thank you um, before um, uh, thinking about their idea or, or, or you know, responding. So I tried that and, uh, and it did an amazing thing. It, it kind of completely dispelled the ego uh, and meant that I was then able to listen to the person's idea or to consider the person's idea and decide whether it um, uh, uh, made the work better. Um, so although that sounds like a really stupid um, piece of advice, um, if someone comes to you with an idea that's different from yours, say thank you first.